Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Monday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers G. Hay Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this truly glorious Monday? I mean, whose house, people? Whose house? Fram's house. Um, Yeah, what an amazing game. I mean, I thought that that it was going to get biffed in the end, but... Wow, what an incredible game. I, I, the city deserves this. I'm not going to lie. I know that we've been blessed with the Lakers winning a championship and the Dodgers winning a World Series, but L.A. needed this for sure, 100%. So congrats, Rams. Congrats, L.A. I'm, I'm ecstatic and happy uh, Singles Awareness Day, guys, today as well. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yes, congratulations to the Rams and their fans. This is probably not the best time to announce that I was actually on the Borough bandwagon um, for the past two weeks, but it was an incredible game and what an incredible story for guys like Matthew Stafford. Heartbreaking to see what happened to Odell, but congrats to the Rams nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, this was a once-in-a-lifetime moment for the Rams, and, and when you talk about them uh, becoming a beloved team in Los Angeles again, I think it's one thing when you win a Super Bowl. It's another when you could do it in your home. And so for the Rams to, in the first year that SoFi has been able to welcome back fans to win a Super Bowl, uh, this is an incredible accomplishment, but really, um, it, it really puts them now in that position of fast-tracking this process of saying, hey, listen, we are Los Angeles' team. You do not quickly uh, you know, make up for lost time. And the fact of the matter is they were in St. Louis for 21 years. I know they have history here, but this was a big moment. This playoff run in particular, the fact that they came back these last two uh, games and won in dramatic fashion the way that they did. And at the end of the day, Los Angeles loves a winner. Los Angeles embraces champions. You can make, You can say that that means we're fickle or whatnot, but I think Los Angeles has a high standard. And it's not a city that's just going to pack a place to watch a sub-500 team. They are a city that will embrace you if you're a contender. They will. They are a city that will embrace you if you always put yourself in a position to win. So it's not uh, you know, a surprise that the most beloved teams in Los Angeles are the Lakers and the Dodgers. They both won. They both won consistently. And now the Rams, you know, it's not just this one. It's not just the fact that they won the Super Bowl this year. They were in the Super Bowl three years ago. They had a chance to win that game. They did not. But now that they've accomplished the deal, now that they've closed the deal, they have won the Super Bowl. Los Angeles are Super Bowl champions for the first time in nearly 40 years. And the Los Angeles Rams are Super Bowl champions for the first time again. The first time that they won the Super Bowl was back in 2000 when they were in St. Louis. So this is the first time that the Los Angeles Rams can say that they are Super Bowl champions. And the one thing that the Lakers and the Dodgers uh, did not get when they won back in 2020, kind of at the height or certainly at the beginning of the pandemic, they didn't get a parade. That's going to change. You know, Wednesday is really kind of turning out to be sort of like, you know, uh, not only perhaps the parade for the Rams, but almost like a coming out party of the pandemic. 
you know, quite frankly, um, I know Wednesday is sort of the beginning of the state of California, but basically saying yeah, you don't have to wear a mask. Los Angeles County um, apparently may not do that. But the fact of the matter is not to make this a political show. I mean, uh, Garcetti and a lot of politicians were at the Super Bowl not wearing a mask. So we, we do have to get to a point here in the not-too-distant future where, where, where we have to follow suit with California. But Wednesday – the way that, that, that I look at it is not only a celebration of the Rams and their Super Bowl championship, but perhaps us finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with the pandemic. But let's talk about the game real quick. I, I you know, I, I didn't go out on a limb. I, I kind of think it played out the way that I thought it would. Again, you never know when it comes down to the end. It's still a close game. But I did think that the Rams would jump out to a lead at the beginning of the game and that Cincinnati, just because of the team that they are and the way that, that they've played this season with Joe Burrow, would find a way to come back and maybe take take the lead. And then it would be incumbent upon Stafford and the Rams to come back and win. And that's exactly what they did. And at the end of the day, just like they did against San Francisco – it was up to the Rams' defense to close the deal. And Odell Beckham Jr., by the way, and G.A., I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, I felt really bad for him because I threw right before halftime. He was the odds-on favor to win the most valuable player award of that game. I mean, he, he, he had a touchdown, a couple big plays. And then, um, you know, we don't have official word yet, but that 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 looked like an anterior cruciate ligament, perhaps a sprain tear, something of that nature. Certainly, if it's a tear that he's going to be out for a year, um, just tough to see that. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, when you see a player at the pinnacle of his career, you know, finally getting to the point where he can win a championship and he's having an amazing game, I mean, you just want him to stay healthy. So for him to go down the way he did was hard. And obviously he, he had a lot of emotion post game winning the Super Bowl. And he's about to be a father. Uh, his, his wife was, uh, you know, his wife was close to, you know, uh, uh, close to birth two weeks ago. And now, uh, you know, would not be shocked if it happens today, tomorrow, but again, you've been a Giants fan. Uh, we've seen him develop, I don't know whether he's matured, but he did seem like a different player when he came here. Yeah, he seemed to fit a lot more in L.A., which doesn't really shock me, uh, considering how out there uh, uh, OBJ is. But yeah, you know what? Kudos to him. He's, he's still got the ring. You know what I mean? So um, it, would it have been nice to have gotten an MVP along with the ring? Of course. But you know what? I think that OBJ is happy with the ring <laughs> that he received, right? Um yeah, I'm hoping that it's not a tear, but it does look like it because it was non-contact, and I think that he will be out, what, at least nine months. So um, that's that's not going to be great for his re-signing of anywhere because he was only going to be with L.A. for a year um, so or for the end of this year. So, well, I guess we'll just have to see when his... Um, when when they come out with the announcement of what he actually has, right? But um, I also would like to point out that I was right. Rams by three. Rams by three. I was right. That's all I had to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt about that. And by the way, you know, if you bet against the Rams these last two weeks, despite the fact that the Rams won, they beat San Francisco in the conference championship game, and, of course, they beat Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl. But if you bet against the Rams – 
you won. Again, I mean, both of those games were close. Both of those games, the Rams won by a field goal, but they were favored by three and a half, I think, perhaps four against San Francisco, and they were favored by four and a half. I think the line went up to five uh, by kickoff. So, you know, the, the Rams did what they had to do. This has been an amazing postseason. This was one of, if not the best postseason in league history because all, all you want, is when you get into the final minute of the game, it to be a close game, it to be a one-possession game. And whether you have a game-winning drive, game-winning field goal, whatnot, it was incredible. Um, you know, do want to continue to talk more about the game, but before we forget, just because this was so amazing, and GA, I think it speaks to us, but I want to get... Armani's uh, view on this. I thought the halftime show was one of the best halftime shows of all time. I, I think, you know, the the top five, if you were to say it, you know, you know, Prince is probably up there singing Purple Rain in the raid. That was incredible. Michael Jackson, that, that, that was up there. But really, you know, Snoop and Eminem and Dr. Dre and Mary J. Blige and 50 Cent making a surprise appearance. I mean, that was an incredible halftime show. Of course, it speaks to my generation. But, Buckets, what did you think of the halftime show? Well, uh, before we get into the halftime show, the thing is, they did a great job in the halftime show of, of encompassing Los Angeles and the, the hip-hop scene in L.A. Obviously, SoFi Stadium being in Inglewood. It's just, it's kind of disingenuous to me because you had... The whole week leading up to it, they were taking away the street vendors in Inglewood. It was just a lot of like not really taking into account how this stadium came about and kind of just taking over community. But then they kind of made up for it in some ways with an amazing halftime show, which I thought the best part about it was that really uh, signified Los Angeles and what it is to be from LA and to be from that community. So for that, I give the NFL kudos. And I thought it was really, you know, <laughs> amazing how they told Eminem, for example, to not take a knee <laughs> and he didn't he didn't listen to the instructions and stuff like that was kind of the back and forth between the NFL and then the performers. It was it was very cool to see. But overall, I mean, probably the best halftime show I've seen in my life. So it was an incredible performance all around. Yeah. And, you know, so, uh, Jihei, I mean, this speaks to, like, the music that we grew up with. So, I mean, and it was amazing watching all the celebrities be enthralled by it as well. I mean, you had, like, LeBron James singing along, J-Lo. I mean, it was it was just, um, you know, some years we get halftime shows that don't make sense or don't live up to expectations. You know, I think a turning point for the league, they go to Atlanta for this rule. This was the Rams-Patriots rule. They're like, Oh man, Atlanta Super Bowl. Like, who's it going to be the halftime show? It was Maroon 5. Like, it made no sense. I mean, they were completely tone deaf to the fact that they're going to a city that has a great musical history. It doesn't always work out that way, but they came to Los Angeles and they delivered with an incredible halftime show. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm going to have to say this probably, this is definitely in the top five. Um, I mean, when Eminem came and he busted out the stage, I thought that that was phenomenal because um, he's just, oozing with talent and I just it, I don't think that that show would have been the same if you took him out of it um yeah I mean I I would have to say Prince is number one for me and then um MJ is number two and then the uh the Justin Timber or sorry the uh, Timberlake and uh uh Janet performance uh -huh. that had to be number number four for or sorry number three for me and then number four had to be Britney Christina 
and Madonna. That had to be number four for me. And th- number five is this one. So I'll give them the top five. I will definitely give them the top five as far yeah. as their performance is concerned. Um, it, it definitely helps that you have three iconic, sorry, four iconic um, hip hop artists uh, that were there uh, representing LA. So, I mean, at least they were not toned, at least the Super Bowl was not toned deaf to the fact that you are, are in Los Angeles, you're in Inglewood, um, you're right outside of Compton, you're right outside of, you know, all these guys' backyards, Long Beach, etc. cetera. Um, I, I love that they um, gave the coin toss to an, a very infamous uh, Long Beach resident um, right. in Jackie Joyner Kersey. Yeah, so I, I think that that was, that was great that they did this. They, I think that the NFL, they, they kind of did it right. And I only say kind of just because as much as I love Eminem and as much as I love 50, they're not from LA, but like, I, yeah. I still at least say like embrace the hip hop community. Right. And they like, they had, you know, pretty iconic guys that, and women that were our generation um, that hip hop definitely in, embraces um, in that community. And also the football community is all hip hop. Like, let's not get that twisted. It is all hip hop. Yeah. Everybody that it plays in that league, um, even the coaches, they listen to hip hop or have listened to hip hop in the in the past. So, uh, this was a good representation of that. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, it when you, the Super Bowl was announced to come back to Los Angeles. You know, I mean, the, the hope was, you know, we haven't hosted one in thirty years. You know, how how would it go? What what would be um, so some of the things that people could do and see, um, and you can't control the game, you can't control the weather, but it was really a perfect Super Bowl week in Los Angeles in terms of like the parties and events. The weather was picturesque. The weather was absolutely perfect at kickoff. It was, um, you know, technically the warmest Super Bowl, uh, but. There's, you know, a roof over the stadium, but it's an indoor, like, outdoor venue, so you can still feel the heat and, and things like that. But, you know, during the course of the week, you know, having the ability to have rooftop parties and people go to the beach and people go to the pool and people just really enjoying themselves. And, you know, you had uh, Drake performing at the Pacific Design Center. You had other events throughout town. You know, Shaq had his funhouse party at the uh, Shrine. So it was one of those things where the city hasn't hosted this game in 30 years. The Super Bowl has changed over that time, but I really, uh, really believe this. And I'm, and I, and I know I'm more than slightly biased because this is my city and this is my hometown, but I thought Los Angeles was a fantastic host. I thought we were amazing. And I've heard that from people around the league. Uh, They definitely want to come back as soon as they can. It, it is part of the rotation now. And the rotation is essentially like every five years. Now, what uh, could change that is if a new stadium is built, but there's no new stadiums on the horizon. So what you're going to see is a rotation of, you know, Los Angeles, Miami, Phoenix, Las Vegas, Tampa, things like that. And so next year's Super Bowl will, will be in Phoenix. That's uh, 2023, 2024. The game will be in Las Vegas. I mean, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Las Vegas Super Bowl, like what that weekend's going to be like. 2025 is in New Orleans, and they have not decided on 2026. I've been told 2027 perhaps will be back in Los Angeles. And so, you know, GA and I, uh, you know, we uh, did the show from the row at the convention center and, and, 
that was great, you know, and and so there were there were different pockets of the city that got to host different parts of the Super Bowl. Again, SoFi Stadium hosted the game and the award show on Thursday night. Downtown was really the home of the Super Bowl during the course of the week with the experience and the media center and things like that. Uh, you know, GK, you were in Tampa a year ago, but just um, you know, being on Radio Row, being around downtown, being in the South Bay, which was the home of the Rams this weekend, um, they had their after party at the Hawthorne um, hangar and uh, really kind of made the South Bay their home for the weekend. I mean, so you experienced Tampa last year, not like asking you to compare the two, but just uh, you know, your, your thoughts on Los Angeles as a Super Bowl host. Yeah, I mean, you you can't really compare the two only because in Tampa, it it was, you know, minimal capacity. You know, there was a lot of regulations. There was a lot of things that like didn't really make it feel like everybody was included, you know, so to speak. So, uh, but it was still a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't one of those. It wasn't what I was thinking an NFL Super Bowl experience was going to be. I didn't think that it was going to be like that. Now, (laughs) L.A., Blew it out of the water. I think. Um, I I think the only pro- I think the only problem I have with the uh, convention center is the the way that they like made it so that you could come into the convention center. You couldn't come in one entrance, and you can only go into another. Oh, yeah. It's just that was kind of confusing. But other than that, it was great. Um, I think they did a really good job. Um, I think the NFL definitely um, took advantage of the fact that it's kind of nice that we don't have to build. Um, I forget who was talking about this, but we don't have to build the city around the NFL experience. The yeah. NFL experience could already have all these iconic, uh, you know, buildings that, um, to their disposal, the LA convention center, uh, so, uh, being just in downtown LA, having these rooftop parties, um, going to the South Bay and being able to have the hangar at your disposal, uh, going to, you know, you can even go to Long Beach or like, there's so many, there's so many already built for the Super Bowl venues, right? So if I, it was built for the Super Bowl, like they didn't have to really add on to anything. They didn't have to, it's not like the Olympics where you yeah. have to add on um, a, uh, a, a, a whatever, like you don't have to add on anything. So that was really exactly. nice. And I like the fact that that was the case uh, here in Los Angeles. No, no doubt about it. It was just a, a, a perfect city. For the Super Bowl. And really, I mean, a lot of these things were built with the Super Bowl and big events in mind. Again, this was sort of the start of Los Angeles once again being the home for these big events. You know, we had the Super Bowl last night here. We're going to get the World Cup in 2026. We're going to get the uh, Summer Olympics in 2028. As I just mentioned, 27 Super Bowl perhaps will come back. And all these all these big events are going to come back to Los Angeles. And so it's, it's nice to see the, the city and as the center of the sports world again. And of course you can never control who's going to be playing in the game. So to have the home team play in the home Super Bowl is an amazing thing. And, and, you know, I touched on this, but it's really a once in a lifetime opportunity for the Rams, because again, they had to get this win for their popularity, for them to become a team that's beloved and successful in Los Angeles. Because even if you didn't go to the game, and again, only 70,000 people got the privilege of going to the game, you felt like you were a part of Super Bowl week. These last two weeks in Los Angeles 
with the Super Bowl experience in downtown, the concerts, the parties, the things that are happening around the you know town, uh, you felt like you were a part of it, and you walk around town, you see all the Ram shirts and hats and the jerseys, and now you know you go to these supporting uh, goods stores and on the corner of the streets. I mean, there's Super Bowl championship merchandise there, and again, we have not had this in 40 years, so this is a really cool thing. Again, the Rams have never won a Super Bowl here, but Los Angeles has not had a Super Bowl champion in 40 years, and now that they do. Um, I definitely think the city will embrace them. Um, we're going to leave it there for now, but we will check in when we come back with Rams Super Bowl winning coach Sean McVay and the Super Bowl most valuable player Cooper Cup. They address the media. They are on their way to Disneyland right now for a little parade down Main Street. So we'll, we'll catch up with Sean McVay and Cooper Cup when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio and the Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now a word from our newest sponsor, NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Do it now. And now... Let's go back to the show. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Again, the Rams are Super Bowl champions. Your Los Angeles Rams are Super Bowl champions and... uh, as is per the tradition, they have a late night party that goes into the wee hours of the morning. And then before uh, they can get some rest, they meet with us again, they meet with us in the media. And so earlier uh, today, we caught up with Los Angeles Rams coach Sean McVay in Super Bowl. Most valuable player, Cooper Cup. Uh, they addressed the media. They are on their way to Disneyland right now. We're hearing the parade is on Wednesday in downtown Los Angeles. Let's now hear from Sean McVay and Cooper Cup on the Los Angeles Rams winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's um, it's an incredible honor to be here. It's also torturous to have a team win a championship and then make you come the next morning to do a press conference this early. But, uh, you know, really just so grateful to be a part of this. You know, guys like Cooper epitomize what's right about this team, the leadership, the selflessness. I thought our team came together at the right moments and our best players shine the brightest when they had to. But um, something about being a part of something bigger than yourself is what's so special about this group. They're world champions. Love these guys. Just so uh, so grateful for it. So grateful for Mr. Crocky and being able to work for a great organization. And uh, here we go. You guys go ahead. And been congratulated by your folks. Yeah, that, you know what? They were all they were all here, lad. They they all got a chance to come out, and so it was great to be able to spend a lot of time with McVeigh family members and um, just so many people that you love and care about. Being able to spend some time with them afterwards yesterday was pretty special. Coach, talk about. 
it all was pretty special, Kevin. Uh, I think the one thing that, that you definitely remember was fourth down when you realized they came out in the shotgun and it looked like they were going to throw the football. The play that Aaron made on third down, you felt like he was going to make an impact on fourth down too, and for him to close it out the way he did was pretty special. Coach, Melissa Thomas here for Florida National News right here. All right. Um, you mentioned, um, obviously, the team having something bigger than themselves. Is it something that is uniform across everybody on the team, that they all agree on one thing, or do they each have something that is significant to them that's bigger than themselves? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what, what I had meant by that was, you know, people wanted to win, win a championship, do something special, you know, for the other people that they love and care about you know that it was such a selfless team in a lot of instances we're all kind of innately selfish but I thought this was the most selfless group I've ever been a part of they played for one another they trusted the, each other and I think they picked each other up through good and bad and, and that's what I felt like uh, you know made us so special Sean, good morning. Good Congratulations. Morning. Thank you. Um, Federico Olvera for Damebola, Mexico City. Uh, coach, uh, did you or your defensive coordinator uh, Tell you anything to your front seven because the most of the sacks were in the in the second half. Did you say anything in the halftime? Yeah, I wish I could take the credit. Raheem Morris and Eric Henderson do such a great job. And really, I thought we got some more opportunities. Our defense played outstanding in the second half. Uh, with some of the things that we weren't able to do offensively, I thought they kept us in the game. I thought it was incredible what they did on the sudden change after the turnover. But the pressure that we were able to get defensively was a huge credit to Raheem Morris. Those guys up front, I thought our coverage on the back end was tight. Made Joe hold it a little bit longer. And you know, got to give those guys a lot of credit. To be able to get seven sacks was instrumental for us winning that game. Hey, Coach. What's up, Nick? I can't see you. I'm right over here to your left. Okay. Hey, congratulations, first and foremost. Um, can you just talk about just what, how would you describe this team with all the, the ups and downs that you guys have faced? It seems like a team of destiny and faith. Is that an accurate description? I think so. I think you answered it great. I think, you know, you've heard me talk about it a lot, Nick, the, the mental toughness, the resilience, the belief in each other. It's such a powerful thing. Even in pro sports, you know, everybody loves feeling believed in. And I think this team, like I, like I mentioned, you know, Cooper epitomizes what's right about it. You know, just the selflessness, the humility and then the, cl the clutch production when we had to have it. It's unbelievable. Sean, uh, over here to your right. Um, have, hey, you are, yeah. have you had the opportunity um, to speak with your grandfather and what does it feel like to join the, your family's Super Bowl legacy? Yeah, really special, Gary. I, I did... He means so much to me. I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for the legacy that he set for our family. You talk about a class man that treated people the right way, earned every single thing that he got. Um, I'm just so grateful for him, Gary, and, and it was pretty special. And, um, you know, to be able to, you know, I want to be able to give him a ring. You know, he's got five, and I've mentioned to you before, he gave three of those away to his three sons. And to be able to, you know, know that he is so instrumental in me being able to even get a position, you know, a chance to coach in the NFL and be a coach. It's pretty special. <laughs> hey, hey, Coach. The camera view here at Los Angeles News Observer straight ahead. Yep. And I want to ask you, this last night didn't happen just yesterday or uh, over, over the last two weeks. You've been at this journey for a, a couple of years now. So how does this feel finally getting to the mountaintop? And then along the way, you've brought along a lot of uh, coaches and, and teams around the league are kind of looking at you as uh, uh, putting you on a pedestal as a good coach who knows what's going on and bringing a lot of young talent into the game. How did that feel to you now winning, becoming a, a champion, a Super Bowl championship coach, and then having teams admire, uh, model their game and their success after what you've done? <laughs> Yeah, I think the uh, first thing is is I've been surrounded by great people. You know, number one, when you get around great players, great coaches that are all committed and working in the same direction, pulling that rope in the same direction, good things can happen. And, 
you know, I think each team is a new team every single year, but when you have the right foundational pieces like Cooper, like Whitworth, you had a player like Stafford, you have Aaron Donald in place, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, you just feel grateful to be a part of it. And so because of those guys' success, other people get opportunities to grow. But, you know, I think we've been able to bring really good people in our building, and that's what it's about, surrounding yourself with people better than you. And, and I think that's how you grow, and these special players really set the tone. Sean, to your left, Sean. to your left. J Jason Leisure with the Chicago hey, Sun-Times. Uh, how long did it take you to really uh, take ownership of this team and feel like things were running the way that you wanted them to? And how did you see the effect of that during this championship season? You know, I, I don't know if I look at it like that as much as I think there's been great collaboration really since I got on board, whether that was myself and Les and Kevin Demoff and Tony Pastors, a willing owner like Mr. Cronkie to support the decisions and things that we felt like are in the best interest of our team. But I think we've made a lot of good decisions to bring in the right people. You know, I've, I've, my dad said this before, and I think it's so true. When he was in advertising sales, he used to say we compete with our uh, products, but we win with our people. And I look at it for us as, you know, we try to compete with our schemes but we win with our players, coaches, people in our organization. And that's what's been right about the Rams. Hey, Sean, Cooper Cobb is the Offensive Player of the Year and Super Bowl MVP. How much has he inspired you as a coach and a person? So much. Uh, you know, it's, it's not the, it's the cliche thing you say, but I'm better as a coach and as a person for being around Cooper Cup, and that's just the truth. He's got such a great way about himself, and, you know, he's always been this way, but this year especially, there was a stillness, there was a peace, and there was a joy that he was playing with where he's got a purpose with Anna and his two boys and his relationship and trust in the Lord and how that really can guide a, a, a steady path and he's made such an impact on me. Guys like Cooper Cup or why you coach, I just feel so blessed to be be around somebody as special as him. Hi, Sean. Uh, Brady Henderson from ESPN. Radio. Hey, Brady. Um, hey, wondering if you could uh, tell us what you know about Odell Beckham's knee injury and also how that affected you guys when he went down. Yeah, I don't know much right now, Brady, but... I know what a huge impact he's had on our football team since we got him. Um, you know, it was heartbreaking to see that because how much that, you know, just to be able to get to that moment, and he had really made an impact with those two catches that were huge plays. I think he was in line to have a big game, but um, it did change some things, you know, because then they could really hone in on Cooper a lot more. Guys inevitably stepped up, as did Cooper and Matthew and when we had to have it the most, but it, uh, it made it a little bit more difficult. My heart goes out to him, but uh, love, love Odell, really grateful for all the many contributions he made, we wouldn't be chance without him. Sean, Sean, can you appreciate, uh, over here on your left, can you appreciate how hard it was for Matthew to walk into the Lions and ask for a trade? And do you ever wonder what would have happened if they would have said no? I don't like to think about those things, but... Um I think it's such a credit to how he handles himself. I also think Mrs. Ford, what a class way of handling that, you know, whether it be, you know, her or Rod Wood. I mean, they just did such a great job of facilitating a smooth uh, change or adjustment, however you want to look at it. But I think that's a real reflection of two quality people on both ends, the way he handled it. And getting to know Matthew, you just realize, you know, he, he's the one of the few people that could ever pull that off. But I'm really grateful that, uh, that we were able to get connected. Thank you, Coach. All right. Three questions, my ass. Congratulations. Congratulations on a great game. You know, the coach said, you don't get here alone, and he even credited you, your wife, as you have. You said she's your inspiration. Uh, talk about that inspiration, and for her, how are you planning to celebrate Valentine's Day? <laughs> Wow, you really put me on the spot right now, aren't you? Um, 
<laughs> uh, you know, I think you guys got to see a little bit of you know our history, um, what she's done for me, kind of through um, our time together. You know, we started dating senior year in high school. Uh, what she was for me, and kind of as I was going through college and allowing me to kind of focus on uh, football and providing for us when you know not many people are married as sophomores in college. But uh, you know, we believed as you know, when you get married, you separate from your parents and you got to figure out your your way on your own and uh you know for her to be able to do that for her sacrifices that she's made for so long um you know she i just think she deserves the world so i'm uh, just incredibly thankful for her and um, everything she's done for me and um i'm sure if we've got something fun planned i don't know if it's going to happen today we might uh push valentine's day back uh, for us a few days cooper i'm over here Congratulations, first of all. Thank you. We, we always talk about adversity and how it makes you stronger. You talked about the vision you had after the last Super Bowl and the, that you would come back and be MVP. Just to tell us where that strength comes from. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that is like Coach touched on a little bit. That is, that's uh, my faith. That's, um, you know, the most important thing in my life. Um Believing that you know I have a purpose here, that I was placed with a intentionality of exactly where I'm supposed to be, um, it just gives me a peace. It gives me so much peace being able to play from a place of knowing that the victory's already been won. There's no pressure to um, you know strive to succeed on anything. You know I get to um, you know just step into every single day and just enjoy the process, enjoy every moment. Um, you know, just be fully who I am and not fear fa failure in any way, but just be able to, you know, pursue success and know that, um, you know, whatever happens is, uh, it is what it is and um, just be able to enjoy and enjoy the people I'm around. Cooper, uh, right here in front, <laughs> yep. Melissa Thomas of Florida National News. I noticed the, the Disney shirt, so I wanted to ask you, are you headed to Disney World next now that you won the championship? I think we're going to keep it in L.A. and head over to Disneyland. I'm, uh, okay, I, gotcha. yeah, I think uh, the cross-country trip's not, not happening, to, not happening cool. today. <clears throat> Cooper. Yes, Cooper, right over here. To your left. There we go. First of all, congratulations to you and to your entire family on everything you've all accomplished. Secondly, you're a team that recently moved to L.A. How important was it for you all to win this Super Bowl for your fans and those that believed in you who remained faithful to the franchise and those newcomers that we actually got to meet yesterday, a few that lived around Inglewood and now are fans of yours? Yeah, you know, that's, I think it's been such a cool thing. The, uh, you know, I think the original L.A. Rams fans, you know, have kind of grown up. They were younger when L.A. was here, and now they've, they've got families of their own. And so now I'll be able to come back to L.A. and, um, you know, those fans that now have, their parents have been Rams fans for a long time and, you know, you know, parents, grandparents, whatever it is, and now being able to raise up a new generation of Rams fans as well and um, to be able to, you know, in five years be able to bring a, a championship home to this city, um, I think that's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a great thing about the city, it's what the city demands. And, uh, you know, to be able to bring that home, first, first year opening up SoFi with fans, uh, being able to win it at home in SoFi, uh, there's just, I don't know if you could have written any better. Coop, congr congrats on the win first off. I wanted to ask you, obviously OBJ went down in the first half. You and Matt Stafford essentially took over the game on that game-winning drive when you couldn't really get anything else going. How did you and Matt just kind of accomplish that and get down to the end zone and score that game-winning touchdown? 
Yeah, we talk a lot about just being able to do your job. Um, you know, through the, a little bit of a lull there, um, you know, kind of leading into halftime, and then uh, through that third quarter, we just needed to stay the course, keep pushing, keep, you know, trusting in the details of things, and, um, you know, believe that, you know, regardless of whether the ball is coming to you or not, you can have an impact on the game, um, especially at receiver, you know, playing the game within the game and understanding, hey, just because of this co coverage contour says I'm not getting the ball, being able to run routes and try to get a feel for, you know, how a DB is playing you. And then when it comes time, you know, you eventually that coverage is going to dictate that you get the ball and you've set your DB up. You've, you know, you've worked on different releases. You've, you've set them up in a way that you know, you know, when it's time, uh, you'll be able to make that play. And, um, you know, Stafford and I have spent a ton of time together. Um, I think I was actually adding up in the car on the way here. The, just the extra time outside of the obligatory time was, you know, north of 500 hours this, this season. And so you spend that much time together just being able to talk football, talk about the preparation, um, the time you have focused on that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you get in those moments and, um, you know, it just becomes second nature. Cooper, Cooper congratulations, help. first of all. All season we could see the focus of this team on this one goal of winning yesterday. Was it as good as expected or much better? <laughs> um, yeah, I think just to be able to get to that place, you know, there's so many guys that were so deserving um, that, you know, they deserve to win a Super Bowl. And you talk about someone like Eric Weddle and, and what he's, the, the respect he's had for this game, the time he's put in um, for him to come back after a time. I mean, what an incredible story um, of his. But to be able to send him off the right way. I mean, you talk about someone like Andrew Whitworth, who has done things right for such a long time. Um, Odell. I mean, there's, there's so many guys on this team that have just been, Aaron Donald, obviously. I mean, so many guys that have just respected this game, have just put in the work and the time. And so um, you know, that was a, a huge thing coming into this is, you know, so many guys just said, hey, we, we've got guys here that deserve a Super Bowl. We've got to win this for them. And, um, you know, Coach touched on just how guys play for each other. And uh, that makes, uh, that's what kind of makes this team so special. Cooper, how, uh, how amazing does this championship feel considering where the team was the week after Thanksgiving when you'd lost three in a row, you weren't beating top teams? What did you really feel at that point? Yeah, well, you know, there's, there's no panic when you get to that, that place. You know, football's a game of ebbs and flows. There's mountains and valleys through, you know, a full season, through a, a game, through a quarter, um, you know, through a practice week. There's just, there's adversity. It's inevitable. You're going to face it. Um, I think the belief that we have is that you're a different team at the end of the season than when you start. And, you know, we want to continue to climb. We want to be a better team by the end of it. And week after week, it's just an opportunity to learn, fix the mistakes, and come back better the next week. And, uh, you know, we faced that three-game skid right in the middle of the season. I think a lot of the times you, you get into a place where, um, you know, that isn't the mentality. That's when the finger pointing starts happening. You feel like you got to start, you know, starting from scratch or rewriting the your process and um, changing things but you know we believed in what our process was and um, you know Vaughn touched on I think coming over it's just you know win or lose we're going to find ways to get better and just keep the keep staying the course take things a day at a time one percent better every single day keep stacking blocks and and trust that you know we're going to find a way to turn this thing around and um, you know find uh, find a way to get on the other other side of that that win loss column and um, we were able to string together some wins and just continue to grow kind of all the way through. Last 
Coop, Cooper, uh, Gary Klein from uh, the Los Angeles Times. What are you um, looking forward to next season? I know you're still processing this, but looking forward to next season, do you think you guys are capable of repeating as Super Bowl champions? I mean, certainly. Um, I think, you know, you go into a season, if you're going into a, football, a season and didn't think that you could win, win it all, it'd be a pretty depressing place to play from. So, um, you know, certainly you go into every year believing that, um, understanding, though, that there's so much work that has to be done, so much time, so much effort, so much sacrifice has to go into that. Um, so you certainly go in knowing that that's the goal, but like I said, we take a, you know, a one-day-at-a-time mindset, you know, dominate every single day and uh you know hopefully you get presented with that opportunity to go out there and play on on sunday for uh, the world championship you know i can't say enough about the resilience of this team guys stepping up when they had to and it's going to sound like a broken record but that's what makes this team great that's why they're world champs is our best players stepped up in the most crucial and critical moments you end up losing some guys guys where it has to step up um, I just can't say enough about how much I love this group. They played for one another. There's something really powerful about being a, some, being, being a part of something bigger than yourself. And you can see that the way that these guys competed. Love these players, love these coaches, and they're world champs. And I'm glad I don't have to listen to Gary give me any shit anymore. <laughs> All right, that was Sean McVay in Cooper Cup. Again, right after the game was over, they were at the after party at the Hawthorne Hangar. They really, uh, you know, called Manhattan Beach home this week. That's where their team hotel was at. It was kind of a full circle moment because six years ago, their, the first team meeting they had back when Jeff Fisher was the coach was at the very same Manhattan Beach hotel that they called home this week. They partied again. You got to party when you're a Super Bowl champion. Again, the Rams heading to Disneyland for a little parade down Main Street, and then they will have the big, larger parade we are hearing Wednesday in downtown Los Angeles. So. It's a good time to be in L.A. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying faces shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it. Brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him blind to a broken man's dreams. A hard lesson. Court cases keep them guessing. Plea bargain ain't an option now so I'm stressing. More to be free than a life in the pen Making money over cuss words Writing again Learn how to take ahead So I fight with my pen Late night down sunset Like in the sin What's the worst they can do To a player got me lost in hell To live and die in LA On bail My people say To live and die in LA Thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.